I still go with the theory of a lot of people probably don't read, but they figure if it's that long, it covers everything. (laughs) Coming to you in your speakers from Dubai to all around the globe. This is James Reynolds Traffic Jam Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, what's up, listener? Welcome back to Traffic Jam. This is show number 62 of the podcast that helps you get more traffic to your website and make more sales. I'm your host, James Reynolds, and what an awesome show we've got lined up for you today. In just a moment from now, we're going to be talking all about blogging with Christy Hines. But before I introduce Christy and get to the interview itself, there's a couple of things I'd like you to do. The first is hop on over to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and give a rating and review for Traffic Jam. Giving a review really is the number one way that you can show support for the show and help get this content out to more people. Plus, when you leave a review, I'm more than likely to read it out on a future show. So a great way for you to get some exposure for yourself as well. So I'd love you to do that. The second thing I'd like you to do is head on over to the episode page for Traffic Jam 62, which is at trafficjamcast.com forward slash 62 and download the special bonuses that come with this episode. Now, aside from a special MP3 download of the show, a full transcript of today's episode. Today, we've also put together a special resource guide with several tools that will help you create content topic ideas for your blog posts far more quickly and easily than trying to muster them up yourself. So head on over there now to get that. It's trafficjamcast.com forward slash 62. Then let's move on with the show. The Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. So allow me to introduce today's guest. Her name is Christy Hines and she's a freelance writer and professional blogger who writes on topics such as content marketing, search engine optimization, social media and web analytics. Her work has appeared in more than 60 online publications, including Search Engine Journal, Search Engine Watch and Social Media Examiner. Now, Christy is the writer that the likes of Kissmetrics, Sprout Social and Unbounce turn to for quality content that gets results. Her freelance portfolio contains over 400 blog posts that have generated a total of 300,000 social shares and over 150,000 clicks from Google search visitors each month. Now, today we'll be tapping into Christie's knowledge to understand what it really takes to write blog posts that generate more traffic and exposure. So let's welcome now onto Traffic Jam, Christy Hines from ChristyHines.com. So hey there, listeners, welcome back to the interview section of Traffic Jam 62. Today, we're joined by the very experienced blogger, Christy Hines. Christy, how are you doing today? Doing good. How are you? 
I'm awesome and super excited to have you on the show. Definitely looking forward to tapping into some of your experience today. Let's begin. Let's talk about perhaps what makes effective content because you've been blogging a lot both at christyhines.com and kikolani.com but you've also written I think well over 400 blog posts for others in several different markets and on topics as far-reaching as finance and search engine optimization. So let's begin by tapping into some of that experience. What would you say are the sort of key elements of an effective blog post that kind of remain constant regardless of topic and regardless of market? What are the mainstays for any good piece of content? Um, the mainstays is... Um Basically, knowing your audience, like knowing who you want to attract to your business website and creating content that's going to be of interest to them. And so I always like to suggest maybe survey people that they're like the audience you want to come to you and say, what kind of things are you interested in? And then do some research to see because, you know, there's not a lot of unique ideas out there. I mean, there still are some, but a lot of topics have been covered, you know, because there's millions of blogs and everything out there. <laughs> so um, I always suggest that people kind of research people who have already talked about certain topics, see what's missing from those, and then make sure you include it in yours. That way yours has that unique element to it. Yeah, nice. And do you use any sort of particular process to do that? I mean, some things that we found effective here is using tools like BuzzSumo, for instance, to kind of see which pieces of content have gained real social traction and then to try and understand kind of what topics or elements of those pieces of content have really kind of generated rapport and you know struck home with with readers do you use any kind of tools or processes like that to really zero in on what those topics you know effective topics might be um i do use buzzsumo that's been a recent favorite of mine for um, finding out which posts are most socially engaging and i also look at just like the topics that rank on the first page of search results yeah. <laughs> for keywords because sometimes they're not the same posts and you kind of want to get a good idea of like if somebody's looking it up on search you know how are you will you be able to get your post into that first page and make sure it's unique enough so i i kind of use both yeah, it's a simple but effective trick, Google, right? I mean, you know, Google themselves are looking at all those sort of signals as to what makes a piece of content actually a good piece of content. And uh, needless to say, those pieces of content that make it up there on the first page must be doing something pretty well. Yeah, good stuff. Exactly. And you definitely like in the long run, like social media gets you the traffic immediately. But in the long run, search engine traffic is what you're going to have. So that's definitely where you want to end up is that first page. Absolutely. And some other things that have worked quite nicely, you know, for us from kind of an SEO standpoint and looking at pieces of sort of pillar content really work is actually just then going to the biggest sites or the most well-known people in a market and seeing which pieces of their content perform best and perhaps use tools like Ahrefs or some of these, you know, search engine optimization sort of link analysis tools to see which pieces of content have been linked to most. And that's also been a, you know, good process for us for sure. Yeah, I am. Um, one of the tools I use is Cognitive SEO. And the reason I like it is it has a, um, a visual backlink explorer. So instead of like just looking at like an Excel table, it actually gives you like these little dots. And if you see like a big dot, it means like it's gotten a lot of links. So you could got to like drill down into it and see the links it got. So it kind of helps you like visually identify the content that gets the most kind of SEO action. Yeah, nice stuff. What's your best ever 
performing piece of content and kind of, you know, what made that so successful? Um, in the past year, I don't know, like overall, but um, I know in the past year, I've done a series of Google Analytics posts on Social Media Examiner, and those have done really well. And I think uh, one of the big reasons is Google Analytics themselves tweeted it. So <laughs> <laughs> like, like when that platform tweets it, they have like, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers. So it just got a ton of traffic and a ton of social engagement. Yeah, that's nice. And that's a fantastic tip in itself. If you can, you know, create a piece of content that either includes or is around someone with a bit of, you know, sort of social clout and a good following, if you can get them, you know, engaged in the content and also helping with distribution, it makes life a little bit easier, right? Exactly. And you just have to kind of notify them too, because sometimes they don't, you know, they're not checking the entire web for content. So sometimes you have to be like, hey, we mentioned you in this post and... That definitely goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Let's extend conversation around that topic. What types of posts are working really well? Because, you know, one that, again, is, is used a lot, you know, by bloggers the world over is, is list posts or expert roundups, which would be kind of along the lines of, you know, what we just mentioned. Is there any kind of sort of structures or formats of posts that you yourself are finding a lot of success with? Um, usually, yeah, list posts, like the more number you can put into the title, the better. Like if you have a hundred resources for whatever people are, I don't, sometimes I don't even think people read it. They're just like, oh, wow, this has got a hundred things in it. it. It must cover everything. And then they just start sharing it. So that, that obviously works really well. And, um, how to posts usually do really well too, because if somebody's looking for a specific piece of advice, you know, that's the kind of title they're going to click on. Yeah, definitely. Well, a past guest who came on talking about guest posting and a particular method that he was using was uh, Brian Harris. And he says how to post are just the way forward for him. Like he, he pretty much writes nothing else. And that's because, you know, one, people are searching for it. And secondly, it's inherently useful. If you can show someone actually how to do something, then that in itself is extremely valuable and gains a lot of traction. So I can see why that would work. Exactly. Yeah. People are, I mean, especially with anything online marketing related, everybody's got questions. And if they see like a title and search that says how to do this, then that's going to be what they click on. Yeah, totally. So how about laying out the content? I'm sure for a how to post that would be extremely important, having a mix of actual instructions and then perhaps sort of screenshots and you know diagrams to show people how to do something. How much attention do you put into actual layouts of posts versus just the writing itself? Um, it's really important to start those kind of posts to let people know exactly what they're going to get out of it, like in a par like within the first paragraph or two, because somebody like you're like you can write how to posts are like two, three thousand words long, and if you know you want people to know immediate, like you know if you read through this, this is the result you're going to get by the end of it. So you definitely start out with that, and then you want to have like really clear headers all the way through it, so it's not just like generic step one it says like step one here's how you do this step two here's how you do this that way if it's somebody who knows you know most of everything they can kind of skip through to the section they really want to get to yeah and i mean even if they find just one section useful they're going to share it probably with people because they know it's good, like complete and everything and um screen and screenshots are definitely important like if you have a how-to post without screenshots for something that like, you know, that's on the computer and everything, then people are just going to leave because they can't really visualize the information. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot of people tell me that they love my post just because like the screenshot really directed them to exactly where they needed to go. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think visual content is extremely important. The information is important in and of itself, but when you can then illustrate that and also engage people a lot more often with imagery, it really kind of makes that kind of rounded post effective, hey? It does, yeah. And I mean, even if you think about things away from the computer, like a recipe or something, if you're not a good cook, sometimes you just want to see a picture of the step, you know, that's going on. So you could be like, oh, this is what I'm doing. So it just makes it easier to actually do. Well, my girlfriend would vouch for that. She was never much of a cook until she found instructional how-tos on YouTube and could actually see it being made. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that element is extremely important. And I guess it also appeals to kind of different modalities, hey? Some people are kind of naturally more visually led and other people like the written word and text. So it kind of, you know, makes sure that you've got all people covered. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, I'm... I'm like, I like writing, but at the same time, I really like to have that visual reference of somebody's talking about this and here's where to go to do it or here's how to do it. It definitely helps. Now, content length is certainly a huge case for longer content performing better in search results. Is that more than a case? You know, generally it, it does perform a lot better than short form content. And I think generally also there's been studies that suggest that longer content generates more social shares as well, you know, on average. You know, in your opinion, is there an ideal word count or range we should aim for, or perhaps one that you typically aim for for yourself? Uh, well, I'm, for the bare minimum, like people who are just looking for like very simple content, I suggest like 600 words. But for people who are looking for like those posts that go, that do really well on search, like yeah, on search and social, definitely like 1,500 to 2,000 words is usually a good range. I know, um, I think it's SERP IQ did a study and they said most of the fr- content on the first page of search results is usually like 1,500 and up on word count and. I think BuzzSumo did a study and said that like most of the viral posts were like two to 3,000 words. Yeah. And I guess that probably in of itself is just a suggestion that because it's longer is also more valuable. I think it's probably just a substance factor, especially when it comes to social sharing. Someone will look at that and go, yeah, I mean, this, this looks valuable. Maybe I'm going to be more inclined to, you know, share it with my own audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm. I still go with the theory of a lot of people probably don't read, but they figure if it's that long, it covers everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's the case. I've been guilty of, of that as well, actually sharing some stuff, you know, reading it maybe a quarter of the way through and realizing it's pretty good stuff, but maybe not having time to go through and read the whole lot and, you know, sharing it out there on, on social media. Um, you didn't hear that here, by the way, but I have done that a few, t- <laughs> a few times. <laughs> Yeah, I know I've looked at some of them. Neil Patel does like a really great job of he has these like huge guides and he breaks them into little sections. And I look at it, I'm like, okay, this is 10,000 words. These are all the topics it covers. It's good. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, coming from someone like Neil Patel, it's going to be good stuff anyway. So you probably don't need to to read too far. huh? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what sort of formulas have you got for headlines? Because that probably as we all know at least any of the traffic jam listers would know is extremely important for you know driving traffic and getting people actually into a piece of content itself do you have any formulas for for writing headlines that our listeners might be able to follow um there's actually a lot of tools out for it now if you just um do a search for like headline generator or title generator or blog topic generator Uh, there's just tools that'll just like you put in a keyword and it'll give you like headlines that kind of work with that keyword. 
And I've kind of used a lot of those to like generate just like hundreds of different headlines. That way I could just kind of quickly go through them and be like, oh, that's a good one to kind of squeeze into this topic. (laughs) (laughs) And would you agree with the approach that perhaps you should be spending, you know, almost more time on the headline than the content itself? I mean, several people kind of, you know, vouch for that, that really that is the key critical point of a piece of content and getting that right should be where all the the attention is or is that taking it a a bit too far? Um, Well, I think... If you're writing like 1,500, 2,000 word posts, you're probably going to be taking more time on the post than the headline. (laughs) But um, there is like, um, I think the Upworthy strategy where they rewrite the headline 25 times and out of that usually get like a couple that are really good. Yeah. And then you could kind of use those to test on social media, just like which one gets the most clicks or, you know, things like that. So it's nice to kind of run, like get a couple of good ideas, try them out, see which ones are most popular. Yeah, definitely. And looking at the overall, you know, sort of concept of blogging, I guess I've got sort of two questions around. Well, first one would be, A, should everyone be blogging? And the second one will be, can everyone blog? You know, is writing easily learnable and can someone become an effective blogger, even if they're kind of totally adverse to writing a single word anyway? Um, It's, I think it really just kind of depends on your industry. Most most like businesses can kind of have a blog because there's going to be somebody who is interested in some form of information, either about their product or about their industry as a whole. So, I mean, there's definitely room for just about everybody to blog out there. Uh, but as far as writing being easy, it's not always the easiest thing for people to do, but there are ways to kind of get around it. Um being a freelance writer, there there are a lot of people who come to me because they're like, I have this great idea. Here's the points I want to cover. I just don't have the time to actually sit down and write it. So that's when they hire, you know, outsource out basically to get that. And uh, there's also people who they can speak a lot easier than they can write. So they'll actually just like talk about their idea and then have somebody transcribe it. So there's lots of different ways to get your ideas into written content without actually having to write it. Um, if you enjoy writing, if you have time for writing, obviously it's a great thing to do. But if you don't, there are ways to kind of get around that and get the blogging going too. Well, you're obviously someone who enjoys writing. So if there are people out there who would be interested to engage a writer like you, how would that process work? Like, What would you need to know to write a piece of content that would be effective for a business? Typically, what I ask people, um, I ask them if there's any topics that they're interested in putting on their blog, because there's some people who just like really have these great ideas, they just don't have the time to actually kind of put them out onto the screen and everything. And um, I also ask people who their competitors are, and I go look at their blogs to see the kind of topics they're covering, because that could be a good insight into whether things are going to be, you know, popular with your target audience or not. Yeah. And sometimes you'll find out your competitors are really just writing for other people in the same industry. And really your focus is to write for your customers. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of insights you could get just from that kind of research. Nice. Cool. Well, let's, before we wrap up, just turn our attention to promoting our own content. We've, you know, gone through the process of you know writing a blog post. We've written it on a topic we know that's going to engage with the audience. We've got it laid out correctly. We've published it on our site. What are the steps after? What do we do next in order to get that piece of content out to the widest and most relevant audience? 
Uh, definitely social media promotion. Like you want to promote it to all your different channels and everything. Some people think that's a little overkill, but at the same time, there's people who just like to be on Facebook or they just like to be on Twitter. And if you're not posting to all of those channels, you're going to miss those people who have like their preferred networks. Uh, so social media, um, if you have the budget and you could do the advertising, it's always good to do that too. Um, you just want to make sure that you target the audience really well. You don't just want to be like, oh, I want a million people to look at this. I don't care who they are. <laughs> <laughs> some people do that, and that's not exactly the best approach, but like you'll want to kind of use all the advertising targeting options to like find your ideal customer audience and make sure they're the ones seeing your content. Yeah. And um, uh, if you have an email list, definitely send it out to them. And if you don't have an email list, start one. That way you have people to kind of promote it to, like get it directly to their inbox instead of depending on like Facebook reach to get to them and everything. Yeah. And um, I've also found like discussion marketing really works well. So if you kind of set up a Google alert for people talking about a specific topic, like, sp like if you can find people who are asking questions about it and then you can kind of come into the discussion and be like, well, here's the answer to your question. If you want more information, I wrote a blog post about it. That kind of thing does really well too. That can be very effective. And actually going back to mentioning the tool that I included at the start of this recording, BuzzSumo, that's quite a good way to also see, you know, who's been involved in conversations around other pieces of content, perhaps similar to your own. And it's actually, you know, quite nice sometimes to give people a heads up and say, hey, I know you're really interested in this piece of content. I've just created an even better, you know, post or even better guide on it. Perhaps do you want to check it out? And it might seem quite sort of interruptive but actually it gets a very good response because people you know you know those people are interested in the topic for which you're approaching them with so um you know try that or try not depending on your you know kind of position but i've also found that to work quite well yeah that's really good you just can't go overboard on it you don't want to be that person whose twitter stream has like a hundred tweets like at this person check this out at this person check this out just kind of like spread <laughs> that not. out a little bit <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And certainly be targeted around that. Yeah. It's certainly not a blanket approach. And I'm sure you, as I have been turned off by people who've blatantly been sort of spamming content, you know, at, at me or at you, um, with a, just a direct approach. But I think if you can enter that conversation, you know, appropriately with something that's extremely relevant, then it can be effective. Now, I know that you've got a course coming out quite soon at contentpromotionplan.com. Without divulging the kind of entire course content, Christy, what are some of the biggest lessons you'll be sharing in that course? Uh, the main goal is to help people generate traffic and engagement for their content because um, it doesn't really matter what your content goals are. If you're not getting traffic to your content, you're never going to achieve them. So basically, it's just going to go through all the different steps I use to promote my, my own content through social media, email, discussions, and other different strategies. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure that the link to that site is included in the show notes. I know you're not quite ready for sort of relaunch just yet, but it will be included there so our listeners can keep a watchful eye as soon as it's ready and available. So aside from that, I'm sure we'd like to let people know that they can find you at christyhines.com. Where else can our listeners find you out there on the web, Christy? Uh, my Twitter is um, at Kikolani, K-I-K-O-L-A-N-I. 
Awesome. So there you go. We'll make sure that uh, all of the links to Christie's website, social profiles, and some of the resources mentioned in today's show are included within the show notes of episode 62, which you, the listener, get to by going to trafficjamcast.com forward slash 62. And that's the number 62. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Christy. Thoroughly enjoyed today's conversation. And all that remains is me just to, to thank you. And hopefully sometime in the future we can uh, hook up once again oh that sounds great thanks for inviting me to be on your show thanks christy so there you go that was christy hines from christyhines.com now remember to accompany every episode of traffic jam comes a special episode bonus to get your hands on this show's bonus go to trafficjamcast.com forward slash 62 where you'll find a special resource guide with several tools that will help make your job of coming up with content ideas for your blog posts that much easier so head on over there right now go to trafficjamcast.com forward slash 62 Grab the bonus and also join in on the discussion for this episode. Now, in the coming week, if you've not done so already, remember to subscribe to Traffic Jam via iTunes or Stitcher. And you do that by going to trafficjamcast.com forward slash iTunes and trafficjamcast.com forward slash Stitcher. Now, we end this week's show with a traffic jam, of course, chosen by our guest today. Christy Hines has gone for a track by Lindsay Sterling. It's a violin track and it's called Round Table Revival. So enjoy the song to play out the show and I'll see you back here real soon. <laughs> 